Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. I love this verse. It comes at the end of, of, of an incredible passage of Scripture that we find in Hebrews chapter 11 that just tells us about all of these heroes of faith. And it gives us a perspective of a heaven that we may not always think about. A lot of times we think about heaven, what's the first thing that comes to our mind? Streets of gold, walls of jasper, you know, uh, gates of pearl, you know, babies with, you know, harps and flying around and angels. I don't know what you think of when you think of heaven. But Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 gives us a unique perspective of heaven as an arena. As a crowd that's so immeasurable that it's just a cloud of witnesses. And it's surrounding this athletic event, if you will. It's surrounding this track. It's this great cloud of witnesses. It's this, it's this massive um, race, if you will. And it's describing heaven as all of these people who have ran the race, been successful at the race, and now they are in the stands cheering us on. Like if you could peel back what heaven would be like right now, I believe you would hear a crowd. Have you ever been in a crowd before? Maybe Neyland Stadium on a Saturday in the fall. You know, and just a you ever imagine what it would be like, you know, to be in the middle of that crowd, you know? As a kid, I remember practicing basketball in my front yard, you know? You'd hear, three, two, one, you know, and you, <laughs> anybody ever done that before? You might know what I'm talking about. You drink, you know, three, two, I don't know how many buzzer beaters I hit, you know? It, even if it missed, I still had an extra couple seconds, you know? Oh, the clock was wrong, you know, he got fouled. <laughs> But there's something about that crowd of witnesses, people saying, I made it, you can make it too. And the reason we're doing this series, we're, take, we're calling it the ultimate summer road trip, is because we're visiting different people throughout the Bible that I believe are in that great cloud of witnesses that would look at us and tell us, keep on going. I made it. You can make it too. You may face difficulty along the way, but just trust God. He's going to get you through. Like you can make it. If you could peel back heaven right now, you would see God saying, not only God saying you can make it, but you would have men and women from this book that live the life that you, we are living today. And they'd say, you can do it too. You can make it too. If I made it, you can make it. If I overcame my failures, then you can overcome your failures. If I overcame the things that when people tried to mean it against me for evil and I overcame that, you can do it too. See, that's the cloud of witnesses. So what we're doing every week is we're going to visit one of these witnesses, if you will. And we're looking at his life and we're trying to pull one principle from that life and say, how could this apply to the race that we are running today? How could this one principle encourage us to win our race as well? And today we're going all the way to Egypt to a man named Joseph. Joseph was someone who, this is the Joseph of the Old Testament, not the Mary and Joseph, baby Jesus. 
I had somebody ask me that one time. I preached the whole message about Joseph. They came up to me scratching their head like, I don't, I thought Joseph was like Jesus' dad. Like, what's happening with that? Now, this, there's two Josephs. One's in the Old Testament, one's in the New. This is the Old Testament Joseph. He is the son of Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he was someone who uh, was in the lineage of, of, of someone, the God's chosen, Abraham. God looked at Abraham and said, I love you. I want you. I'm going to use you. And, and, and God began to take this barren man, Abraham, and turn him into a father of many nations. I'm thankful that our past does not define our future. I'm thankful that the barrenness in our life right now doesn't mean that we're going to be barren forever. God took Abram and turned him into Abraham and began to give him offspring that began to um, bless the world. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And then Jacob had 12 sons. We call them the 12 tribes of Israel. Maybe you've heard that before. But where that comes from is Jacob's, it was Jacob's kids. And one of, the, one of Jacob's kids is a man named Joseph or a boy named Joseph. I want to pull a principle from his life and then we're going to unpack his story but I believe if Joseph, if we could go visit him on this road trip, Joseph would give us one piece of wisdom. And here's what it would be. It's in your notes. That when life is not going the way you planned, don't give up on your dreams. When life is not going the way you planned, don't give up on your dreams. You see, Joseph was special not only because he was the favorite son of his father and he had a special coat, but he was special because one day God gave him a dream. God singled him out and selected him to carry a dream that would affect the nations, that would affect the world, and that would affect his family. The dream happened to be about the fact that one day he would be the leader of his family. One day his family actually would bow down to him. That, that not only he was the favorite son, but now he had this dream from God and he makes the mistake of telling everybody what was happening in his dream. And let's read it together. It's in Genesis chapter 37. And if you have any brothers or sisters, this is probably a comical story in the word of God for you because I want you to put yourself in the brothers of Joseph's shoes and imagine what you would do. It said Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers... They hated him all the more. So he was the favorite son. He, was, he got all the cool stuff from daddy, this special coat. And whenever he had this special dream, they're like, oh yeah, special son, special coat. Of course you get the special dream. We hate you all the more. He said to them, listen to the dream I had. So he goes on. He wasn't very smart, I guess, when it comes to sibling relationships. He said, we are binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. While your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. <laughs> so they said, hey, here's the deal. All of you guys, one day, here's my dream. You're going to bow down to me. You're like, they're like, yeah, we're not going to bow down to you. You are crazy. There's not a way in the world we're going to bow down to you. There's 11 of us and there's one of you. Like, we are not bowing down to you. You have this dream all wrong. And here's what they go on to say. Come now, let's kill him 
and throw him to one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him and we'll see what comes of his dream. So needless to say, his brothers were not very excited about his dreams. I want to say this, time out. Don't be surprised if everybody does not understand the dream that's in your heart. Don't be surprised if everybody doesn't agree or everybody doesn't get it whenever you have a dream for what God wants to do in your life because I believe God puts a dream inside of our hearts. Don't be surprised when other people don't understand, when other people don't like it. And I believe Joseph would begin to talk to us about our lives and about the dreams in our life. I don't know if you have a, if have a career dream. Maybe you have a dream of, it's in your heart. You want to start a company one day. You want to start a business. You want to start a nonprofit. Maybe it's a dream of ministry. Maybe you have a calling on your life and you want to fulfill that calling. Maybe you have a dream of a relationship and someday you want to have a family. You want to have kids that serve God. You want to have a husband or a wife. You want to have a spouse that you have a relationship, maybe unlike any you've ever seen before. Maybe you have a dream where you want to help people. Maybe you have a dream where you want to be financially free. Or so, I don't know what your dream is, but, but whatever your dream is, understand this. I believe Joseph would encourage us about a couple things. Here's the first thing. Don't give up on your dream, even if you do not start off well. Like, don't give up on your dream even if you did not start off well. Joseph gets this idea that he's going to have this great dream. And the first thing that happens is he gets, his brothers want to kill him. The first thing that happens is he gets thrown into a pit. His story, his dream did not start out very good. See, I believe a lot of our lives are like this. Maybe it's not what people have done to us, but maybe it's what we've done to ourselves. Maybe it's choices that we have made. A lot of us, we look at our lives and we try to define our future by our resume. We look at who we are and decisions we've made and we say, God could never use me. He could never fulfill my dream because look at the mistakes that I've made. I want to encourage somebody to let you know that that accusing voice of your past is not God. The accusing voice from your past is the enemy trying to thwart God's purpose being fulfilled in your life because God specializes in using people that have a bad resume. Like if he had a stack of 10 and the worst, he, he just likes choosing the worst. I don't understand it. He's not very good HR. I don't know what's happening. But Adam was a failure. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Samson loved prostitutes. Jeremiah was too emotional. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job was bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced five times. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. What's your excuse? <laughs> like whatever your resume is, God says hired. Like you, doesn't matter what it's, the past is. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. I specialize in using people that make mistakes. 
So that whenever Yah use you, other people aren't going to say, look how talented he is. They're going to say, oh, he couldn't have done that without Almighty God. God gets the glory whenever he uses us that are full of imperfections. I got thinking about this the other day. When the Ten Commandments was given and Moses was on the mountaintop with God. The children of Israel had just been taken across the Red Sea. We're going to be talking about that in just a couple weeks. And so God had delivered them from Egypt. All the plagues, all the awesome things that God did. He parted the Red Sea. And Moses goes to the mountain and God begins to give him the Ten Commandments. So this was like a huge moment for God's people. And Moses left his brother Aaron in charge and with just one job. Like... Just make sure everybody's safe and make sure everybody doesn't go back to worship in Egypt, in the gods of Egypt. And whenever they come back, there's like a, hey, oh, hey, there's like a party going on down there. They've, they've already taken all their gold. They put it together in a golden calf and they're all naked and worshiping. There's club music going on. And Aaron's like, what? <laughs> Moses, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Like, we just took over and out come this calf, you know? Like, he did a bad job watching the people. But one of the promises, one of the instructions that God gave, so, 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 so God brought Moses back up to the mountain and God begins to give Moses all these instructions about what he's supposed to do. And one of the instructions was supposed to be this, that we're gonna have this thing called a high priest. He's gonna be like the most religious person among us. He's gonna stand before me. He's gonna bring all the sins of the people before me. And here's who I wanna use, drum roll please. I wanna use Aaron. I believe Moses was like, say what? You remember, I just went down and Aaron was the one leading the club. Oh, you know. Aaron was down there. They were clubbing. They were going back to Egypt. And you want to use him to be the high priest? You want to use that guy that has all these imperfections? You want to use him? He had a very bad first day on the job. I promise if I took a Sunday off and left somebody in charge and it was a club in here, they would never be preaching again. Like, you're done preaching, man. Like, God bless you. Just say la vie. Just go use your ministry somewhere else. But it's not at City Hills. But God says, no, I want to take the most broken person among you. And I want them to come before me and bring all the sins of the people. And could it be that God was saying, I don't want somebody to come all high and mighty. I want somebody that will walk humbly and say, God, I don't even deserve to be in your presence. I'm, I made mistakes just like all they did. And he wanted somebody that could stand before the people. I want you to know your greatest mistake, the enemy wanted it to be something to destroy you, but God will use it to set you up for the ministry that he's called you to do. It's a very fact that the areas that Satan, here's what I love, the areas that Satan thought he could destroy your life in, here's God's purpose and plan. He wants to take those things and now he wants to use that to destroy the enemy with I come from a divorced home. I come from a broken family. And you know what my first 12 years of full-time ministry was? The thing that I spent a lot of t years as a teenager depressed. I spent a lot of years as a teenager angry at my parents, angry at my step, angry, just angry and depressed and trying to live out acceptance and all kinds of things because of Satan was trying to use something in my family to destroy me. And then watch what happened. After I gave my heart to Jesus, my first spot in ministry was for 12 years to look at teenagers with broken families in the eye. And I probably ministered to 80% of the kids, of the hundreds and hundreds of kids I preached to. 
and ministered to over the years, they were from broken families just like me. And you know what I was able to tell them? You know what? Your past does not have to define you. And you know what? The enemy tried to destroy me with it. But look, we're going to rise up a generation of students that are going to be faithful to God. See, God wants to use the thing that the enemy wanted to destroy you, and he's going to use it as a ministry to bless. So, so what was your thing? Was it an addiction that you had? I challenge you, start, like, let's talk, let's start an addiction ministry and let's take the thing that the enemy wanted to destroy you with and let's use it to destroy the enemy. What was it? See, God uses us even in our brokenness. Here's the second thing God would say. Don't give up, even if your journey is full of surprises. Even if your journey is full of surprises. Of surprises. As I was studying for this this week, I, I got a visual in my mind I couldn't get away from. And here's what I imagine a lot of times in life, this is what we see. We see where we are, and then we see where God has called us to be. So we see where we are, Joseph, and we see, okay, this dream of what God's going to do in our life. And here's what in my mind, here's what I imagine, that it's going to be like this. God, you promised it, and it's going to be like, oh, hallelujah, salvation and glory. Praise the Lord. We're here. How long did that take? Three days. Thank you, Jesus. You did that in my life. It's so awesome what you've done. And we think, man, that's exactly what God's going to do in my life. But I, want, I believe Joseph would encourage you, don't be afraid if the dream has some ex unexpected twists and turns along the way. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged if the dream's not always up and to the right. Sometimes the dream looks like this. <laughs> and sometimes we're like, I'm not even, I'm further away than whenever I started. <laughs> And then it comes a little bit more like this, and it's full of surprises along the way. <laughs> see, see, Joseph gets this dream from God. This is awesome. God, you're going to do this in my life. And instead of going forward, he goes down to the pit. You see, don't be discouraged if you got a dream and it's not going in the direction you want it to go in. The Bible says in verse 21 of Genesis 39, it's there in your notes, it says, The Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Wait, wait, no. And I'm getting ahead of myself in verse 2. It says, The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Verse 21, the Lord was with him and he showed kindness and he granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. God's like with him. God's granting favor to him. I want to show you some events in his life. This is Joseph's, this is Joseph's road to the dream being fulfilled in his life. He gets a dream from God. After he gets a dream from God, he's misunderstood by his brothers. Then he's sold into slavery. Then he's living in a strange land of people he does not know working for a man named Potiphar as a slave, but then he's given favor with Potiphar. After that, he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife saying that he wanted to sleep with her, but he didn't. She falsely accused him, and then he was thrown into prison. After that, he was put in charge of all the prisoners. He was given favor with the prison guard. He was, then he, was, he, had, he came in contact with a cupbearer that had had a dream, and he he, he reads the dream of the cupbearer and then he's forgotten by the cupbearer. And then he has to remain in prison for two more years and then he interprets Pharaoh's dream and then his dream comes true and he becomes a second in command in all of Egypt. I want to ask you a question. 
In these events of Joseph's life, that looked a lot like our illustration, not up and to the right, but all over the place, do you think that he wanted to, in the middle of this, give up or go on, okay? Here's, here's the two choices. Give up or go on. I want to ask you, whenever he got a dream from God, do you think that was a good thing? Give up or go on? Go on. Go on. Misunderstood by his brothers and thrown into a pit. Give, do you think he wanted to give up or go on? I bet he wanted, he wanted to give up, right? Not a bad thing. Okay, it was a bad thing happening in his life. Then he was sold into slavery. After that, do you think he wanted to give up or go on? He wanted to give up. After that, he lived in a strange land. He didn't know anybody. Do you think he wanted to give up or go on? Give up. Given favor with Potiphar. Do you think he wanted to give up or go on? Go on. He was, but then he was falsely accused. Do you think he wanted to give up or go on? Give up. But after that, he was thrown into prison. He's not now in the pit. Now he's in the prison. So even worse, he wanted to give up. After that, being in the prison, he gets, he gets favor, the Bible says, with the prison warden. I don't know if that's a give up or go on or not. Of all the people on planet Earth, I don't want favor with the prison guard. <laughs> it's, well, unless I'm, I don't know, whatever. So I, I say that's a good thing, right? Uh, what about that? But then he was forgotten by the cupbearer, someone that should have remembered him. He probably wanted to give up. After that, he remained in prison for two more years. Give up. After that, he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Yay, go on. And then he was a leader in, in Egypt and his dream was fulfilled. Go on. Here's what I'm trying to show you is that if he would have gave up, he never would have fulfilled the dream in his life. If he wouldn't have embraced the process of God, if he would have... See, there's things that are, I, would, I, I would dare say there's somebody in this place that you want to give up right now. I want to encourage you to let you know that if you'll go on, God's going to be faithful to you. That's why I love even this tithing challenge. Um, it's, it's something I failed to mention is that whenever you make a commitment to God to give, usually there's going to be something that goes wrong in your life that week. And I had some testimonies and some people said, yeah, I'm having some car issues. I'm having these issues in my life. And you know why that is? It's because every time we get a dream, every time we start moving toward God's purpose in our lives or God's plan or whatever it is, there's always going to be twists and turns along the way that we can give up, but we have to make the choice. Are we going to give up? Are we going to go on? Romans 8, 28 says, For we know, for we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him and those who are the called according to his purpose. Like, like God is working all of this for our good. Here's the third thing that he would say to us, that don't give up even if it takes a long time. Even if it takes a long time. I did some research this week and I found where historians say it took 23 years for Joseph's dream to come true. So his three-day idea, or my three-day idea, was 27 years. Why? That's my question today. Why? The question's been eating me up all week long. I have some pithy answers and things to say in my notes today. But I want you to know, I believe it's because God loves the journey. See, I love this. Man, I love the destination. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's awesome. 
It's going to be amazing. It's going to have fire all around. It's going to be wonderful. The destination, it's so awesome. I dream about it. I think about it. Prepare for it. I think about what's it going to be like when the dream comes true. But I think we serve a God who, he doesn't dream about the dream. He dreams about the journey. Oh, what it would be like. I can't wait to whenever there's a little bit of reversal and they, they come to me and say, Dad, I don't know what to do. Would you give me strength? And in that moment, I'm going to show them that I'm really God and that I'm in charge and it's all going to be okay. You see, God's much more interested in us becoming holy than us being happy. God's much more interested in us having a relationship with him and walking with him than he is with us having everything up and to the right and everything wonderful. You see, I love this passage. I believe this is a word for somebody today. Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, it says, these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. But if it seems slow to you, in other words, if, if you got a dream, it's not happening right now. Do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. What would Joseph's final words of encouragement be to us? Like if, if he could talk to us one-on-one, -on -one, hey, before you leave, before you go about the rest of your Sunday, here's what he would say to us. Final words of encouragement. First of all, every dream has tough times, but remember, God is with you. I want to encourage somebody, don't forget that God is with you. Even if you don't feel like it right now, even if you feel like you're on this roller coaster of a, of a journey, Joseph, don't, for, don't forget that God is with you. I love every time that the Bible says Joseph had favor with God or favor with people, it was moments where he never felt like he had favor with God or favor with people. But it was, it was the journey. God was with him. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 46 verse 1 that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Here's the second thing that, that God would say, is that, 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 that Joseph would say to us, is that we need to forgive those who hurt us along the way. Forgive those who have hurt you along the way. So we need to forgive the people in our lives that did not understand our dream. See, not everybody's gonna understand the dream. Heard a story about an elderly man who had a serious hearing problem and he went to the doctor and they outfitted him with some incredible new um, hearing aids where he was able to hear, you know, just clearly and he, he, he was so excited he went back um, to, his, you know, to his house and then a year later he came back to the doctor for a checkup and the doctor said man how are you hearing they tested it 100% and how's it, how's it feel and the doctor said what does your family think about it and he said well I haven't told my family about the fact I can hear now he said now I just sit in my chair and act like I can't hear a thing he said I've changed my will three different times <laughs> <laughs> since I've got my new ears. Man, isn't that life? See, 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 if Joseph would have destroyed his brothers, if he would have not forgave them, then he would have destroyed the very thing God had put him there to protect. 
God had put him at this place of destination and dream so that he could protect his family. But if he wouldn't have forgave them, he would have destroyed the thing that he would have protected. Here's what the beautiful thing is along the journey. Here's the deal. The more we walk with God, the more we understand that if people didn't hurt us along the way, we would never step into the dream that God has for our lives. And it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it, that it wasn't painful. It doesn't mean God caused it. But here's what it means. God used it for good. The Bible says in Genesis 50 verses 20, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. This is a free one in your notes. Is, is this is not in, it's not in your notes, but as I was praying this morning, I, I, I would just notice that Joseph fulfilled the dreams of others before God ever fulfilled his dream. Sometimes, our dream is locked up in how we serve other people, how we care for, how we, how, how we serve the people in our lives. He could have said, Potiphar, I'm not serving you. I gotta, I'm gonna be the leader around here. No, he, as he served, God gave him favor. Here's the last and final thing the Lord gave me about Joseph. I feel like he would speak to us today. Is this one, focus on the dream giver more than the dream. Focus on the dream giver more than the dream. See, this journey is crazy. Crazy along the way. But God is looking for people that are willing to focus on him more than we focus on the dream that he's given us. This is a hard thing. But Tristan, can I get your help, bud? I didn't ask you about this beforehand, so come on up here. Why don't we give Tristan a hand? There we go. Snook can sing like a songbird. Come on up. I believe our journey is a lot like this, that, that we're, we're over here. And, and at the beginning of the journey, God says, hey, Tristan, I got a great plan for your life. I'm gonna do awesome and mighty things, greater than what you could ever even imagine. It's gonna be unbelievable. It's gonna be stuff that your family's gonna talk about for, for generations. See it? It's right over there. See the destination? Some moment, maybe it's in prayer or maybe it's just alone with God and God gives us this dream, this vision. And here's what God does. God begins to take us on a journey. And he says, here, the dream's over, but, you're, but, but God begins to walk with us and then we say, but God, the dream's over there. Why are you taking me over here? Keep going, it's all right. <laughs> But why are, you, why are you taking me over here, God? I don't understand. The dream's over there. And God would say, no, Tristan, just look at me. Just keep looking at me. Keep focusing on me. Keep, keep looking at me. Oh, but God, I don't understand. I feel like I'm going in the complete opposite direction of my dream. I don't even, I don't even see my dream now. You know what? I, I've, I've made some failures. Some failures have come my way. Some people have made some mistakes. And I don't even know where my dream is. It doesn't even look like it's anywhere close to me. I don't know where my dream is at all. God, are you even real? Are you even there? Did your promise even, was it even true in my life? I don't even understand if you're real, God. God, are you even, or am I just alone in this world? Are you, are you with me? And God would say, you just keep focusing on me, Tristan. You just keep looking at me, Tristan. Keep having a relationship with me, man. And here's what's going to happen. You're you're going to wake up one day just like Joseph was and you're going to turn around and you're going to realize because you focused on the one who gave you the dream, you're going to turn around and one day you're going to step right into the destiny that God has for your life. God says, don't focus on the dream. Focus on him.
walk with him. He leads us to the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. But we fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. You make a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What was God trying to say? David, you just keep your eyes on me. We're going to walk through some mountains. We're going to walk through some valleys. But at the end of the day, you're going to realize it wasn't even about the dream. It was about this relationship that we cultivated along the journey. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel like the Holy Spirit is here to minister in this place. I feel like God is in this place right now to bring some encouragement to someone here. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He's going to make your path straight. It's not straight like we think straight, but it's straight according to his purpose and his plan. Father, I pray right now that you would touch men and women, young people in this place, God, that want to give up in some area of their life. God, let today be a day where you fill them full of your spirit, fill them full of your power, and let them know even though they may not see it right now, you're leading them to the dream that you've put in them. You're going to fulfill it. You're going to do it. And we're going to trust you in Jesus' name.